Baker and Brown's NBA Basketball Podcast is back. We are currently in the the lull before the preseason starts. Not a lot going on in the NBA, but Kyle and I decided to get together and talk about a few things. Kyle, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks, man. This is like kind of my last kind of hurrah thinking about basketball before I like go and put the football blinders on. Yes. It's NFL time, so So those of you who who are complaining that Kyle wasn't on the last episode or the last two episodes... Enjoy it while it lasts, because we're going to lose into the NFL soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get right into it, as we usually do. So we have this kind of new phenomenon that you coined as half-cooked ideas. Yes. So why don't you break down what that what that means? Okay, so I listened to a podcast this week, and they were coming up with half-baked ideas. But in the discussion, again, the half-baked referring to half as long as in the oven as it should have been, not people smoking marijuana. But we were a little worried that maybe people would be confused, begin to get worried. You may have been worried about me a little bit when I coined the, when I used the phrase. So we decided to talk about half-cooked ideas yeah, and, and be original. Yeah, be original. And we're not going to, we're not the type of people, I'm speaking for my, I think we're, I can speak for the both of us. Maybe Riley Shad, if he was still in the province, he would do something like this. But we're not the type of people to do like half-baked on the Baker and Brown show. Because no. that's just clickbait. It is. And we know the six, maybe maybe there's seven now listening. Um, someone in Aberdeen is listening. Yeah, it's, world, it's a worldwide show, Nate. <laughs> it like, is. It is. We, we looked at the stats today. We got we got here trying to be true to ourselves, and now that we've made it to the big time, I'm not about to change. <laughs> like, I'm not about to give in to the norms of the world and chase chase clicks. It's not what we're about. No, it's not what we're about. But anyways, the concept is half cooked ideas, kind of thoughts that have come in passing, and there's some some meat to it, but. Yeah. Uh, it's not a fully developed idea, so we're just going to break those down and see where it takes us on this show. So why don't you get right into it? For sure. So I think as far as half-cooked ideas go, this one's been debated pretty heavily, but I've always been a staunch supporter of it, and I'm interested to talk to you about it. I think we've got to get rid of conferences in the NBA as far as the playoffs are concerned. I'm okay with still having the conferences for use in scheduling, and we'll get to that in a little bit with some of my scheduling ideas. But how do you feel about going no conferences for the playoffs? Because it's a, it's a hot-button topic for people. Well, I... Okay, so this is not a hockey thing. No, so hockey does have the conferences. And, and I am a supporter of hockey continuing to have the conferences. Okay. Because there's rivalries in hockey that you see played out year over year. And it's a different sport as well. Um, as far as like teams and how close every team is as far as competition level. So I'm okay with hockey continuing to have the conferences. I like the, you know, the Toronto, the Leafs and the Bruins matching up in the first round a lot. But I look at the NBA and I don't really see any of those rivalries. That anymore. Anymore. Yeah, any, anymore. But we're in the modern game here. We are in the modern game. Like what, what would be a rivalry that we would be losing per se that we get to see consistently? I just don't see one anymore. Right. Yeah, and I think a lot of the rivalries that people think off the bat are like Cavs and Warriors, which are obviously done now. Yeah, and that's also um, West Conference, East. Yeah, Conference. it's not it's not internal. Um, but Bo- yeah, Boston LA is is an extremely classified sure. rivalry again, not internal. That was only not internal in the finals. Yeah, um, trip down memory lane for um, us old people now, but a couple ones that I liked, you know, growing up. Um, not well. Boston and and um, any any one of the Eastern teams was always good. Boston and Chicago. Was yes, always a Boston fight. and Chicago is a great example. Uh, 
with Derrick Rose. Yeah. The big three in Boston. Um, Miami, Miami versus Indiana was a good rivalry yes, there. Totally. Um, so there have been a few. There's no doubt about it. The West, the West, you saw some some Ooh, interesting rivalries. Memphis and San Antonio, very underrated series. Yeah. Se- group of series when you know Marcus Saul, Zach Randolph, those guys. Oklahoma City and and Dallas was another good one too. Um, yeah, you saw basically whatever the kind of the up and coming team was versus the Lakers. Yeah. Um, and kind of those teams, like I think of like some of those Jazz teams, um, even some of those Suns teams that ran up against teams. But right, I don't know. I just look at it and I think would we not be not better trying to get the best sixteen teams into the playoffs mm-hmm. than just having. Um, having these conferences and kind of creating these matchups that I don't even think are really rivalry. So, so how would that look like? Just the sixteen best records make so it in. We're going to talk playoff format. Uh, maybe we should just jump to the playoff format yeah, right now. Then, okay. So, here's my thoughts on the playoff format. Top twelve teams are in the playoffs. Team thirteen through twenty. So that's the next eight teams mm-hmm. in the standings. Four. So you're going to pair those teams up, 13 versus 20, 14 like you would versus normal, 19. Normal yep. seating, like one game, winner-take-all matchup to get into the playoffs. One game. So it's basically like a spin on the first four. So you know when you watch college basketball, they have the first four. Those like couple games that are played before the first weekend of games. This is the first four NBA playoff games to decide who gets in. Okay, so 13 to 20. 14, 19. 15, 18, 16, 17. Okay, and the winner of those is in. They'll be those those teams would be the bottom four seeds then. Okay. In the one through sixteen. And then from there on out, you yeah. go into normal playoffs. Yeah, first round five games though. That's just personal. I've always thought the first round should go back to being five games. It won't happen. That's no. why it's a half cooked idea. The the seven game series is just too profitable, right? Yeah, it's so worth it to keep the money for the league. Right. But I would vote in my world, you would go to a five-game series because you're making up a little bit of the games as far as TV by having these first four games. Um, so the four, so four winners go. Yeah. And, and a one game takes all. Yeah. So, Thirteen to twenty. To get so, into the playoffs. Okay. So my initial thought, and by the way, for those listening, Kyle and I have not discussed these. So no. we, <laughs> this is the whole half-cooked concept. We're we're cooking the ideas here. So what if, you know, you're, so assuming the timeline of the playoffs starting from whatever, April or May to yep. June, yeah. hasn't started until those four are in. So on my papers here, I had those first four games being played April 8th and 9th. So beginning of April. Yeah, beginning of April. And, and that would be because the season would be just slightly shorter in my world. We'll talk season schedule mm-hmm. length in a bit. But in theory, every team gets a shot. So the, so... The top 20 teams in the standings are going to get a shot. Yeah, but so you're leaving out what? 10? 10 teams. Okay. But it also, I look at it as maybe it cuts down tanking just a fraction. Like if you're, if you're, if you get to the deadline and you're sitting 18th. Yeah. And you're like, I could go full tank mode, which a lot of teams do. Or I could try and fight here, be the 19th team in the standings, get a play in game. Maybe, and then I get in. I get some playoff revenue. We get a playoff. We end up to be in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my thinking behind. And it. so, what if you're so say you're a team who's tanking and your you know your best player is quote unquote injured, which we've seen a yeah. bunch of times. Don't you think the 
tanking would be even more precise if you can get into that sweet spot of being in the top 20 but not being in the bottom 10? Yeah, I like if you're still going to tank, we're, we're never going to fully curb tanking. So if you yeah. want to tank, which is something I know that the league wants to. Yeah. So if you want to go finish 27th in the league, that's fine. You can finish 27th in the league. We'll throw your ping pong ball in the popper. Right. And we'll pop the ping pong balls around. Those but also those three teams are gonna keep, are gonna stay in the lottery. So those those or four teams I should say sorry. So the four teams that were eliminated in the wild card round, the round or the first four, they're gonna still be in the lottery. So it's a win win. Yeah, for, the, for those four. Teams. Yeah, those you want to be one of those teams. Now, obviously, your odds are gonna be slightly worse than the team that finishes dead last, as they are now. Mm-hmm. But you're still gonna get to have this exciting play in game and have a chance. And so, where do those four teams slot in into the regular seating? Um, we would so we would sort they would go in they would just get placed based on their overall seeding so let's say the 18th place team mm-hmm. wins and that's the worst seed that wins they would go and play the number one team so that they would just be they would be slotted there would be no like set exact spot where they're where you're going mm-hmm. you're just going to the team that kind of corresponds with uh, so the first team would play the worst of the teams regular season record wise okay. that won. So I just pictured the Bulls, for example. Okay. Making that 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 what was it, seventeenth or eighteenth? Yeah. I would picture them and then them going play going to play whoever's at the top of the yeah. East. Okay. They're probably gonna get well they would be playing whoever's at the top of the league. Oh right. Okay. So I don't even know who that is at this point, but say they're playing a Milwaukee sure. or LA Clippers or Bulls Milwaukee that sounds like an unbelievable series really yeah they're pretty close in geography wise that's why I said it but I just think it's it makes it'll take away from the first round of the playoffs which is not a heavily watched doesn't the first round already suck I know but this is don't you think it's making it worse but at the same time the difference between okay so then let's say who would let's say Milwaukee would have played the 14th place overall team, mm-hmm. right? Whoever. Indiana. Okay, Indiana. Wow. Indiana's the 14th seed team. All Indiana's got to do is win one game against the Bulls. So now the Bulls win this game. They're the 18th seed, but they're coming in hot. <laughs> they just won the play-in game. They just won the play right. play-in game. Three days later, they're on the court in Milwaukee. Like, you, you got to tell me there's some shirts going on. Like, people are wearing shirts like Destiny. How does... Okay, and so we talked a little bit... Of, about revenue yeah how does a team plan for that it's like oh shoot boys we're in the playoffs let's get like t-shirts printed let's do well teams make the playoffs on the last day of the season all the time right i know but they're i feel like they're on the standby yeah so you You just have them on the standby and you you mentioned a good point that i was thinking too the last two years we've had these you know minnesota and denver battling for the eight seed two years ago yeah uh this year uh who was it? For the eight uh, seed in the West. Yeah. The Okay. Anyways, I, I forget. But we're having these battles already. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're just adding unnecessary battles. Is that a bad thing? No. Unnecessary it's, excitement? It's not a bad thing, but I, I feel like it just promotes more strategic tanking. I guess so, but again, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose. Right. Right. If if you want to tank, you can tank. It's it's 
honestly, I think the whole like we're trying to curb tanking thing that the league will yeah, sell yeah. you. It's in my opinion, it's just trash. Like right. they don't. Who really cares? If you want to just bottom out your team and all that kind of stuff, you can. This in, year was better. End. It was better than than the past. But, but other, all you have to do is look at other sports to see like tanking is extreme is prevalent. Like baseball, severe tanking problem right, right now. Like a serious tanking much issue way easy, beyond what the NBA has. Much easier to tank in baseball and True. basketball, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. And it's also much harder to acquire players. You have to acquire more of them. Mm-hmm. But I just see it as something that could create a little more excitement. And then for me, the right. fact if you could re- if you could do this and reduce the first round to be five games. To me, five games is what I need in the first round. Okay. Like there is nothing worse than Alternating... waiting for two teams that are not going to make a run. Right, right. We had this. We had this this year with the San Antonio series in the first round. They went seven games. Neither of those teams was going anywhere. That's just the simple truth. I'm sorry. And we had to sit around and wait to actually get the fun series started that we were excited about. So, for me, I'm like, ah, if we could short shorten the first round, it's five games. We get this kind of this double header, double header because we're gonna do two games one night, two games the next night, single elimination games. That was just a thought. Like you said, it's half cooked. There's okay. some holes in it. Okay, let's get that. Okay, let's move on. Okay, I'm going to throw the next one at you. So, for the next one, let's go to the all-star one. Because I think this is pretty exciting. Okay. <laughs> okay, all-star. So, first off, Nate. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to get time to talk about this. But, in my opinion, the league should shorten the season to 72 games. From 82 72. games. Okay. Which is going to create a little more. a little, And we're going to start the season one week earlier. That's going to create an opportunity for us to take an entire week off at All-Star. An entire week off. Full calendar week. No games. The All-Star. Top 24 players make it to the All-Star game. Conferences don't matter. Just top 24 players split into four teams of six. We'll pick like the four people who have the most votes get to be captains. They get to pick their teams on TNT the week before. Like similar to what they do now. So Saturday. Each team, each of these four teams, three-on-three three games. Three-on-three three games that are 20 minutes in length. They're all going to play each other. All these teams. So these four teams are all playing each other. Round robin. Bottom team, eliminated. Top team goes straight to the final Sunday. Teams that finish second and third in the standings play each other Sunday afternoon to decide who goes to the final. 30-minute game. We're going up from 20-minute games, 30-minute games now. And then the final. Whole thing's in Vegas. You win $5 million each. Each player gets $5 million bucks cash. And yes, this is Vegas. The cash is going to be courtside for that final game. We're just going to have $30 million in cash stacked beside the court. And like MGM Grand, like where they do the boxing matches, seats like you can fit 10,000 people in there. You make it expensive. You put all the big guys courtside. And we have this like three on three tournament for thirty million dollars for All Star. This one's really half cooked. I think I'm in shock. Okay. Because like the All Star so, game is terrible right now. But would you not want? You know, I was waiting for the golf to start a couple weeks ago. Right. And they were showing the big three, and it was actually horrible. Like it was, it was like a grade A basketball game. Nobody made a shot for like five minutes. But I was watching this, and I'm like, it's on a smaller court, right? Because they don't—they only play half court. I don't know if we could do half court, but maybe you do. It's on a small court, so do you, you can do play intimate three on venues. three full court. 
No, we'll probably do half court. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking half court makes more sense now. So we do it like a big three court. Oh, now you can put even more people in the MGM. On this little court. Four point line? No. No, I'm not. I'm not that crazy. Okay. What do you think of this? I think that is revoltingly intriguing. Okay. But... That's about all I can ask for. I don't know how I feel about it. Okay. Like, it's hor- horrific, you know? But... Like terrific and what? Are, what are the thing? What? What are? Well, what don't you like about it? I don't like. It becomes three on three. Yeah. Really becomes less of a team game, which I'm not an advocate for. It's, okay. Well, yeah, sure. It's also the All Star game. Yeah. But, no. No. Yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. But, um, I think the All Star game is more than money for for the players. Like, I don't know how it goes in other sports, but you know they always have. As of late, they always have some charity incentive or something that is super fabricated like hey we're gonna get james harden and demar Derozan to come shoot three pointers and they'll give money with you know sure. del curry or whatever you know there's there's always that element which i feel like it's so glamorized if players are, are getting money money right yeah but i'm trying to motivate these guys right to play but these guys don't if they're the top 24 players in the league they don't need money but like Okay, fair. But five million dollars is still five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Most so, I I would I would be more intrigued if that was like given some way to back to Nate, something. I I agree, but if it's me and I'm an NBA player, I don't get super excited about five million dollars getting donated somewhere for me to come and spend my whole weekend playing three on three in a casino in Vegas. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's something that's a little bit different when you're getting the money. Yeah. I'm not saying that's right, but I'm just trying to think. Right. And no, I I mean, it's, it's the thing is, it's not that crazy with, you know, the NBA kind of going more on that, you know, it's obviously the most profitable, well, I don't know about, like, actual profit, but a lot of revenue coming fastest in Fastest growing of the professional sports. Absolutely. The, the fastest growing sport in the world right now. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I just, I feel like you taint the beautiful game with $30 million courtside. Okay. Hey, that's just that's just my that's fair. It that's was, just it, my initial thoughts. That's my half cooked response. Um, still in a little bit of shock. I appreciate. Just, it, I just mate. pictured like Chris Middleton, and I don't know, Giannis and Devin Booker playing three on three against like LeBron, AD, and I don't know. It just be. It's like, you know when you play blacktop on 2K? Yeah, that's right. That's kind of what I'm going for. Okay. So, so I can tell, like, like you're kind of rubbing your head, like, you're kind of, <laughs> which, like, is concerning I'm, to me, because those were it. my most, like, oh, really? I thought those ones were my most realistic. Okay. Okay, um, let's proceed. I recently watched a documentary about cricket on Netflix. Okay. So, in cricket in India, they, like, redraft the whole league every year. So this got me thinking. I'm calling it Keeper NBA. You get to keep six players a year. Everybody else goes back into a draft. And we redraft the rest of the players in the league. That's kind of like a dynasty dynasty yeah. fantasy Yeah, like league. basically a fantasy league concept. I actually yeah. think we might even could do four players. You get to keep four players a year. Now, the problem with this that we have to ignore is contracts. Right. Con- <laughs> So, so this is really this is. So probably, I was thinking about this. This is undercooked. This is a little bit undercooked. I'm thinking we would go with an arbitrator, 
that would decide how much every player would how much every player would get paid, and then there would be no salary cap. So you would these guys would all get a set figure. Okay, this is what you get paid. You go into this draft, you get drafted, and then wherever team you go, you automatically are getting that amount of money. Is there a and separate, the teams just have to pay you. Is there a separate draft for the rookies? So, yes, there would be. So there would be a rookie draft. The rookie draft would be based on the standings from the previous season. And then the snake draft would be a randomizer to decide the draft order. Another option for this would be to do an auction. But that, I feel like... We're like, because that's how it is in this cricket league in India. They auction these guys. Like, okay, this player is up and people just bid. But I feel like in America, we're probably a little beyond like bidding on basketball players. That sounds kind of bad. It does. So that's why I'm thinking the snake draft. There'd makes be a more couple, sense. couple triggered people, I'm sure. There's, some, yeah, there's something bad about a bunch of people sitting at tables bidding on people. Yeah. So that's why I was thinking the snake draft. But you get to keep four players a year. Okay. Okay. So what are your thoughts on this one? No, it's in- interesting. It's a, it's a fantasy concept. Uh, you know, kind of the dynasty. You keep, keep yeah, a yeah. couple guys. Everyone else goes anywhere. Uh, my initial thoughts, every every year you have no idea. Like, power rankings out the window. Playoff totally. predictions out the window. And so I think you just kill a lot of content. It just be... True. I don't know. I think it just be... The credibility of the league would go down, down, down. Your fandom stops. Your diehard love for uh, underrated role play on your team that's been there for years stops. True. You know, and there's there's just not um, enough consistency, which I think people like and appreciate in players. And, you know, you see a player, I'm just thinking in advance, three years, three different jerseys, you know. Oh, you could play on 15, 16 different teams. If you mix in getting traded mid-season... You could you could almost play on every team in, in the, the league, league in a in a twelve yeah. year thirteen year career, so no I agree it was just it's a yeah it's it's undercooked it's it's undercooked. <laughs> um, okay, I actually think you might like this one. Oh, auction that'd be, an that'd auction be free agency. Hear me out. Okay, July tenth. Yep. So we have the July first to July 9th free mm-hmm. agency. You got to commit by July seventh, but let's say you're a player and you haven't been signed yet. You can apply to be in the auction. It's a TV event, July 10th, ESPN. Everybody who signed up to be in the auction, boom, they just start going on the board. Teams start bidding to sign them in free agency. Best bid gets the player. And so GMs would kind of be in their, you know, war room and yeah. call yeah. other GMs still working on trades. But For just, sure. So it would just be ex- expedited. Yeah, so it would be like, okay, there's five minutes... I'm just going to pick a random player to use, for example, let's say... Jamal Crawford. Yeah, okay, yeah, Jamal Crawford. So, still, Jamal, still so Jamal Crawford, he was looking for a new contract, couldn't get anything yeah. done. He's like, screw it, I'm, go- I'm, I'm going in the thing. Jamal Crawford is on the board. Bidding begins. Yeah. Teams are sending in their bids, sending in their contract bids. There's a set amount, like, it's like, it'll be like, and then whoever has the highest bid at the end of the thing mm-hmm. gets the player. On to the next guy who applied to be in it. What about like sign and trades or, you know, picks? We, hey, we can do it all here. You can do it all. So it's essentially an expedited free agency. So, yes, it's expedited, but the idea is that it's going to give a chance. It's going to be like a way to to get the players, to, to force the bidding and move the process on the players who haven't already gotten big contracts. And it's just public humiliation if you submit and nothing. The, that's the danger. It's like, oh, 
shoot, he put his name in. Like, Mello put his name in and nobody bet on it. Right. That's... You You said you're worried about content. That's four days of content right there. Yeah. So let's just say, in a couple of years, Sebastian Telfer comes out of jail. And he puts his name in this thing. Yeah. And no one picks him. <laughs> You're you're telling me that wouldn't that wouldn't that would break Twitter, Nate. It would. It, yeah. So it's basically like it avoids like this kind of like that drawn out process through the month of July where we're like waiting on guys mm-hmm. and right. they don't really know what their market is. You can still sign afterwards. Like if nobody bid on you, mm-hmm. you're still like a free. But the anticip- anticipation's so fun. Like think about how fun it was this year. No, but okay, but we still have that anticipation for the first nine days. Like, guys like Kawhi, right. Kawhi's not going in this, right? Because he wants to pick the team he goes to. The guys like Kawhi are still using normal free agency, but this is for the role players. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can just see it on TV, everybody's cap space up on the wall. and like, Right. So. And this is, like, when, you know, when a, a signing is, like, uh, you know, Taj Gibson signed with the Knicks, no one's, like, roasting Woj or Shams for saying that yeah they're like come on give it like what about Kawhi or like this this is this is like not for the big guys this is to create excitement Mm -hmm. in the middle of the summer like on July 10th this like exciting thing this creates a whole nother uh stat what uh you know Jamal Crawford was picked in the 2020 uh free agency draft yeah yeah it creates a whole nother I, I I feel like I'm more on board with this than uh the other ones it's just a GM would just have a nightmare. Because I think so many of these things take time. The deals, True. you know, the movement. But you could argue the invention of the trade deadline was to eliminate you from having forever to do stuff. Right. So you're just kind of forcing people. But I agree. It, there is a little bit of, like, that work. But you got to do your work ahead of time, right? Just like the draft. Yeah. Okay, what do we got next? Draft auction. Okay. No more draft. No normal draft. Every team gets... Sorry, a... we're talking about the rookie draft? Yeah, now? yeah, rookie yeah, draft. Right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Every team gets a set amount of money that they're allowed to spend on rookies every year, mm-hmm. and you can just go out and bid on guys and talk to guys with their agents and figure out if they want to sign with you. So the rookies can go to any team they want. Just free free reign. Yeah, it's free reign. It's like prospects in soccer or you know those kind of sports where they can sign with whoever they want. Now, we would cap how much a team's allowed to spend, so a team can't go spend... 50 million and buy everybody. Right. Or no, they wouldn't buy people. Wouldn't sign everybody. Borderline, yeah. Yeah, but hey, like, you know what I mean? This is how it works in international free agency for baseball, and this is how soccer works. Soccer, yeah. So that was just a thought. Okay. Thoughts? Thoughts? No thoughts initially. Let's see what what, uh, people say. Okay. Let's see what people say. I think that might be all of the uh, half-cooked ideas I have. Let me just... Let me just check my list here. Yeah, we talked about my playoff one. Yeah, those are my those are my half cooked ideas, Nate. We can half cooked, not half baked. No, not half baked. They're half cooked. Half cooked. Okay. Yeah, we can. Uh, we'll move on here. Yeah. So surprise teams. Yeah, switching gears back back into the real world of reality and hey, and going into the NBA season coming up here. Uh, let's talk about a couple. Yeah, surprise teams, sleeper teams that you you have on your radar that you're you think are going to surprise some people or at least in their own, uh, you know, in their own way are going to have a good okay. season. Okay. Feel free to interrupt me if I okay. start going on to no. you. Here. You're on a roll. You've been on a roll. Yeah, I know. I, f- I feel like I'm on a bit of a roll. So you got to control me a little bit. Okay. Okay. So are we starting with, with good or bad? Good. Good. Let's, let's always start with the good. Okay. 
Denver Nuggets. Okay. I think the Nuggets right now, I think the Nuggets can make the NBA Finals. Sam Park is going to love you. Is he? Yeah. I think I actually, I love the Nuggets right now. I was looking, just looking at their roster, looking at that team they have, a well-coached team. I, uh, I'm telling you right now, you should be watching out for, for this team to make a, to make a run. And I think the West is pretty open right now. I look at the teams in the West. I've got, uh, if we're just, let's just go from the top as far as like what you would think last year. Let's go Warriors. Mm-hmm. We don't really know. I still think the Warriors are going to be solid, but we're not 100% sure what we're getting in the Warriors. Right. I got, I don't know what I'm getting in the Rockets. No. That's going to be a very new look team. Mm-hmm. So I got the Rockets. Then I've got the two LA teams. I've got the Lakers. We'll see. Right? I think they're going to be pretty good, but yeah. we'll see. And then I've got the Clippers, who I'd say right now are probably your odds-on favorite to win the West. Okay. But I got to... Save, save some of this for the playoff prediction with Paul. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. No, yeah, I'm just naming teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll get into the playoff predictions another okay. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just I'm just going through these teams in the West right now to right. make my case. Okay. You've got Clippers. I've got Kawhi. I watched the playoffs. Kawhi was on one leg for the final two rounds. Like, Kawhi is really, really talented. But the guy's starting to look a little banged up. I got Paul George, who's got even more injury question marks. Yeah, if you're asking me, there's some real question marks there, injury wise, and then I've got kind of like that rest of that cast of characters, and then you got like I mentioned the Lakers. I think they're going to be pretty good, but who knows? LeBron, LeBron's getting up there. You never doubt the King, but he's getting older. Right. I think I think the door could be open. And you think the Nuggets are the ones to step through? I think so. I can't I can't see yeah. another team that kind of that that makes more sense to me in the. In the Western Conference, what do you think? Yeah, I love the Nuggets. I think they're a defensively gritty team. They got a lot of unique uh, options on offense. I think they're well. I said they're a gritty defensive team. I don't think they play great team defense. We didn't see that a ton in in uh, in the playoffs here, no. and you know the Portland series was a bit messy. The Spurs series, you mentioned it earlier, was awesome. But I like it. It's a lot of young players. Um, you know, you got kind of Millsap is pretty much your oldest guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know actually, but as far as I love that Will Barton, I love that Will Barton's still on this team. Yeah, he, uh, he you know wasn't as uh, exciting as I thought he would be coming back from the injury, but still a good player. Still can uh, provide some value minutes as a three and D three and D guy. Um, a lot of yeah, there's just a lot of good options you can go to. I think their second unit's really strong. Their second unit. Can power through a lot of a lot of other second units. You saw Monte Morris do that when Jamal Murray was out, and and even Monte Morris had a starting position uh, for a good portion of of last season for you know a, a, a kind of a no name guy in the grand scheme of the NBA. I like it a lot. I don't I don't know if I'd put them in the finals team, but they're definitely a playoff team for me. And yeah, they're if you talk about a team that has all the right pieces, it's the Nuggets. I think so too. It's just a matter of can they can it all mesh? Can it can it be put together? Also on the Nugget front, I've got Jokic as an MVP dark horse right now. Really? Yeah, I think I think Jokic is going to be mixing in the mix for the MVP next year. Okay, that's not a. Ooh, I forgot they had Jeremy Grant now too. I love Jeremy Grant. Um, really good. Under, Gary under, Gary under, Harris. Yeah, Gary Harris two years ago. Yeah, big time. But it's it's faded a little. But still a player. And then I think. Uh, Jamal Murray's the real deal. Yeah. Too. 
Shout out to my hometown boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like, uh, I like the Jokic Dark Horse pick. I think that's, that's very, I don't think that's a hot take by any means. I mean, if they're, they're, they're playing up to, to the way that you're, you're talking about the, you know, who else would be the MVP? I think, I think if they're gonna, if they're gonna have a chance, like, if they're gonna be a finals team, he's gonna have to be an MVP type player. I think those two are, are pretty linked. Over 60 wins? Uh, I'm not sure. Like the West has like five good teams, kind of like no like team that to me is clear cut better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I think there's like five or six of them that are kind of in that tier. We mentioned five of them. I would also put Utah, just like as one of the teams. Those six teams to me are the teams that you can feel pretty comfortable are going to be playing in the, in the postseason most likely. So I, I would say I don't know if is anybody going to get to sixty wins. Sixty wins is a lot of wins. Like, it is. I, I just, I just, I just yeah. kind of gauging. No, how... I, I don't know if they're a sixty-win team. How many, how many games did they win last year? That's a good question. Under fifty for sure. The um, the Nuggets. Oh, I think the Nuggets won more than fifty games. Where are they? Excuse I'm us. Looking, here. I'm looking at the wrong year. You're looking at the wrong year. Yeah, just some dead air time here. Um, 30, oh. That's, wow. You couldn't just, they won 54 games. 54. Oh, okay. Quick math. (laughs) Quick math. Nice. Um, Okay. So, yeah, six more wins. I don't think that's too crazy. Uh, My team in the West, I kind of picked two because. Okay. For the next category of letdown teams, I had a couple more than two. But I narrowed it down to two. Uh, One one per conference as conferences still exist in our world. They do. Well, in your world, they do. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Memphis. Nice. The Memphis Grizzlies. I think going... If you talk about a team that stayed on brand, the Grizzlies have really stayed on brand with their grit and grind uh, mentality. I really like John Morant. I think he's going to be an awesome mm. playmaker for for the Grizzlies. I think... Yeah, I just... I, I like this team. I don't... Th- I, but by no means do I think... Uh, you know they're going to be contending, but I think they're going to have a really good season. And they, in my opinion, had an awesome off season. They clean up their books. They have a new coach coming in. Um, they have a lot of you know really exciting young players. A guy from Vancouver, yeah, Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark. Uh, you know they got Josh Jackson there. Maybe he can have a second go with Jaron. Oh, know? and Josh Jackson's there too. They got both the Jacksons. You're right. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Jer- yeah, Jaron. You know, had a had a great season last last year. Um, you know, he co- needs. I think he needs to take that next step as well mm-hmm. for this Grizzlies team to be really good. Jonas Valanciunas, Jonas Valanciunas, the big Lithuanian, had, had probably some of the best games of his career. Was actually really really good there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is not an updated roster that I'm looking at right now because a lot of these guys are gone. But Dylan Brooks was injured all last year. He's a nice player out of Oregon. No, Dylan Brooks is a really nice player and a Can- good Canadian boy. Yeah, that's right. Um, Kyle Anderson is also here. Kyle, yeah, ah, not doing it for you. Not doing it for me anymore. I think he's. I think he might be done. Jay Crowder is on this roster. Jay Crowder's on this roster. I'd imagine that he gets signed by a contender or you know bought out at yeah. some point. But really too bad. Yeah, and then um, Delon. Oh no, Delon Wright's gone. Never mind. He's on Dallas. Uh, and also another guy that's Andre Iguodala is still on yeah. this team as of. As of now, I, I I put him in the same boat as Crowder. I, I would agree getting with bought you. out, but yeah, I look at it right now. You give John Morant the keys at at one. 
Uh, I guess uh, Justin Holiday's still on roster for two. You got you know CJ Miles there that can play a little two. Dylan Brooks can play two. Um, Tyus Jones is a backup. They might. They probably will compete. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I've, I I would assume Tyus, Tyus Jones is going to back him. He's up. a really good defensive point guard, so I'd probably keep him off the, the bench. Yeah, the to, problem too is like if you're going to kind of go with this Morant kind of offense, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to really play that same game. Right. Like, Tyus is not like doesn't have that same physical abilities and physical like kind of ability to play the game at a high speed and stuff. That, yeah. Morant does so I say you let Morant go as your starter and then you use Tyus kind of as like almost a Fred Van Vliet type bench guy sure yeah and yeah like I said it's not a, I'm not expecting the world out of these guys but I think they're gonna have a really good season uh I re- and a lot of it as I said is they they set up really well in the offseason I think they clean up a bunch of books they have totally. some assets they can move around like Crowder and Iguodala you know whether it is just for money yeah but they're in a good spot and one just one last point I think we talked about this on the last show but like when you're really not chasing superstars and you're committed to just a nice, smooth rebuild, right. you can rebuild in the NBA very fast because you've got so many teams that are, you know, perenni- perennially suck. Yeah. Right? And then you've got these teams that are going for it, and it leaves this nice little middle gap where you can really develop your team. Like, you look at... We talked about Brooklyn on the last show. In two, basically two years or three years without any draft picks, they turned that team around and were able to get to the playoffs... And you look at this Memphis team. I don't. I don't think they're a playoff team next year. But no, you look. You know, twenty twenty one. This is a team with things break right for them. They could be a playoff team. So yeah, and obviously the still, you know, have to mention too. Like there could be some more movement with Dwight Howard and Joakim Noah for sure on on this roster. Uh, yeah. Why don't we go to? Do you have a second team that you're kind of? Sure, yeah, I've got... um, That's kind of a sleeper team that you think could be on the up and up? Sure, are we wanting to stay in the West? Oh. Because if you want to stay in the West for now, let's do another team if you have a West team. Because I'm moving to the Eastern Conference. No, I I have an Eastern team next, so you go for it. Celtics. Oh, Kyle! So it's not really like... Wow, you don't have to do that. You know what, Nate? I actually wrote it down on my paper, I underlined it, and then I thought to myself, oh, right, I forgot Nate's a Celtics fan. Yeah. So... Here's my thoughts on the Celtics. Okay. I like... I think this is the Celtics team that Celtics fans want. Yeah. Kyrie's gone. It was a good ride. And it kind of bad. But it was a good ride for the first little bit. Yeah. Um, I kind of like this group. I love that Marcus Smart's still on this team. Right? Because for the longest time, we were talking about Marcus Smart. Like, there's no way he's going to still be in Boston. No way he's going to still be in Boston. And I love the fact that four of these guys are playing on Team USA together right now. I think Tatum's bounce. This is going to be a big bounce back year for Tatum. I think he's going to learn. He seems to me like a guy who learns from from mistakes, and you know, is pretty pretty woke guy. Sure, yeah. And I think I think he's going to learn from maybe some of the mistakes that he made last year, and kind of maybe buying into the hype uh, that was surrounding him, which was well deserved. But I think he bounces back and has a huge year, and I, I think this team has as good of a shot as any. Of competing to make it to the NBA Finals. Wow. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm trying to put my biases, biases aside. I think they're, it's really good for, for the Celtics to be where they're at. They kind of, and you know, credit to Danny Ainge. I think that he's always been such a great GM that he kind of skips a, a lull or there's a years that for sure know, are gonna suck. 
Uh, he kind of skips the rebuild, brings in a lot of good young talent. I really like our rookies that we drafted, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards. Um, Taco Fall. Yeah, if Taco Fall can stay on an NBA court. I think I've said that on the other pod. We'll see. But I I agree. I think they, they're in a good spot. It's a, it's a fan-friendly team. A yeah. lot of young talent. You got Kemba. See, I think people are going to – the average NBA fan is going to see, oh, yeah, Kemba Walker actually – can play basketball for sure. really well and Kemba's yeah. Kemba's a talent talented guy. He's oh, really he, good. He is. He's on the older side, which is a little true, you know, concerning, but you when you fl- you're flipping Kyrie Irving and you get back Kemba Walker, that's a huge win. And I said this 2-3 years ago when you flip a guy like Isaiah Thomas and you get a guy <laughs> like Kyrie Irving, yeah, it's a huge win. I feel a lot better um I I felt a lot better about Kyrie at the time just cuz Different, different time. He was yeah. he was kind of good to go, and that was before all the injuries and the drama happened. But Kemba, you know, has been a very uh, durable player as well, mm-hmm. and I like that. So yeah, my my Eastern team again, kind of random, is the Hawks. Another classic team that's done a really nice rebuild. Yeah, friend of the show, John Collins. John, is there. John Collins is the original. <laughs> He's the original friend of the show. The original friend of the show. I think no, Boris Diaw is the original. Boris friend of the show. Yeah, that's bad. right. That's right. Lest we forget. Um, John Collins, I think, will have a breakout year. Oh, yeah. I honestly think he he could be one of the best big men in the East. And I don't think that's a ridiculous statement. Um, I think he he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of a lot of good uh, good parts of his game there. He's developing his shot, and you kind of look at this roster. You you see the kind of the young core that they have. Kevin Herter, the the German guy. He's German, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Trey Young, obviously, I, I think I'm more of a Trey Young fan than I was at, when he was drafted last year. I, I think I've kind of jump, jumped on board and really appreciate what he what he's been doing. Um, Cam Reddish, who oh yeah yeah, which I think he's I gonna think a sneaky sneaky pick. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's gonna have to uh, he's gonna have to provide a lot of offense when uh, Trey's on the bench and and whatnot. But I think he you know he's got some potential. And then you kind of look at the rest of the roster and it's kind of these outcasts these bad contracts slash outcasts so they do have a lot of terrible money and Chandler Parsons Evan Turner uh, mainly Alan Crabb Alan Crabb that's yeah. a tough one uh, they kind of took all those all three of those guys you mentioned were bad contracts that played for Portland it's, I know and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy they're all you know yeah. here in Atlanta um, Damon Jones is on this roster yeah, the former warrior. Former warrior. Well, maybe maybe more like Santa Cruz warrior, but yeah, he's, yeah well, he started the Warriors uh, season, and he you know he was decent. Um, Alex Len, who I think has developed and kind of came out of his his uh, Phoenix former uh, top five pick with the uh, Suns. Suns, that's right. Uh, DeAndre Bembry, decent you know three and D player. I think they're and then Jabari Parker. You never know, uh, could spark plug at any time. Trying to just trying to keep his career alive. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 intriguing. I definitely think there's more more uh, more movement to be had with some of these uh, contracts as the season goes on, mm-hmm. and you never know what they're they're gonna do. But yeah, I think they're gonna have a really good year. I don't think it's I don't think this team goes into the season saying, "Okay, boys, we're gonna tank." I think they kind of push for it and just have you know the best possible year. Do I think they're gonna make? Do I think they're gonna make the playoffs? No idea. Probably not. Mm-hmm. But I think they're slowly but surely going to be rebuilding and uh, have a lot of good pieces moving forward. I like it. My, yeah, I guess my sleeper teams are kind of teams that I think have 
done a good job at rebuilding. I like those ones. Redefining themselves. I think so. it's a nice contrast from me picking two teams to make the finals. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think that's pretty much all I have. You're, yeah, I'll just say, like, I think it's going to be another tough year for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. And I think this year could mark the end of Devin Booker in Phoenix. Okay. I think they might trade him and just go f- try and reboot it. I- I'm also just sour that Booker's not playing on Team USA. Cause yeah. He, he should be. When you look at that roster, like, he, he it could be. He could help, so. Yeah. Yeah, I and who knows? Maybe Booker, you know, seeing guys force their way out of teams, maybe he just wakes up and decides he's going to force his way out of Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, hmm. um, yeah, for me, I think the Suns. The Suns are one of those teams that I just I don't really know where you're going. Yeah, and when that when that's not happening, and you have a player, you know, a borderline All Star young player like Booker, it kind of screams like big trade. Yeah, like big they trade. can make a big trade. So that's just my. my I don't know how this would happen, but my hot take is, Carl Anthony Towns goes to the Suns. Well, Minnesota, I would argue, is like the exact same as the Sun situation. Yeah. Where I'm like, you've got this... Well, and Towns is even better than Booker as far as value. Mm-hmm. But, like, you look at Towns and you're like, when is he going to wake up and be like, I yeah. want out? What am I doing? And the reason I say that is they're, like, best buddies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think... Yeah, and I think that would be an intriguing fit, Booker and Towns, on the same team. Uh, I don't know. You'd need a very competent point guard to manage all that, <laughs> to manage all those uh, touches especially, but... Yeah, I mean, we, we're talking about Minnesota. I agree with what you're saying with Phoenix. Minnesota is one of my letdown teams. I just don't know what the MO is for this team. Uh, really rattled Jordan Bell got moved there. I wanted Jordan Bell on a better team. Uh, and Vonley, too. I'm A lot of like good players. Even Tyrone Wallace. A lot of like good guys. Travion Graham. Jeff Teague still kicking. Yeah. with Shabazz. Shabazz. Yeah, a lot of good role players kind of just landed here. <laughs> Even Robert Covington, the mark, you know, the making of a team that really never announced anything. Yeah, and a lot of I think a lot of these teams, a lot of these guys could really benefit um, other teams uh, more than more than uh, Minnesota. But yeah, I, I, again, I don't really know what they're they're thinking. They lost Derek Rose too, which was kind of the heart and soul of the team last year. And I don't know. It's just a team that you look at on paper and you think, man, this team could do something. But they never do. Yeah, they never do. Unfortunately. It sucks. Because I, I really thought Minnesota was going to be one of these really great, solid teams. You think about how all the talent that's been on that team mm-hmm. in the last two years. And you've accomplished nothing. And you've also got Wiggins on a max contract. And he's not a max player. Yeah. That's... Towns contract's pretty... Well, yeah, it's, it's more deserved. At least but... for Towns, he lives up to it. Whereas Wiggins has really just never lived up to the max deal that he got. Right. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I guess yeah, the, my like letdown teams are teams that I don't think have have done you know a good job of of planning. Well, I shouldn't say that because okay, I'm gonna continue. My next team, forget what I said. My next team in the East, my letdown team is the Raptors. Mm. I don't think the Raptors are prepared for kind of the the aftermath of Kawhi being gone. Yeah, I, think I don't. It think, could be a tough year. I don't think you realize how important he was. Um, well, I'm sure they do, and the fans obviously do. But I think as a team, like yes, there's a lot of good stories. Van Vliet, 
you know, being an undrafted player winning a championship. Siakam, most improved. Siakam's Siakam's a stud. Yeah, Marcus all redefining kind of his his uh, you know character. And and Kyle Lowry, you know, the resilient point guard. But you know, I just look at this team and I think without the hype of Kawhi and without I don't know the the chemistry that he brought and just the how you could kind of plug Kawhi into any system and he does mm-hmm. pretty well I would say offensively at least uh, and def- and defensively uh, you can say that about like Wait, all the top he's, 10 he's guys a superstar really. yeah so I just don't think it it works well and I don't think it uh it's it's going to be a good year for them I you know I I think we we were talking before the show they'd be looking at like maybe a six or seventh seed. That's kind of I'm thinking yeah, kind of around the sixth seed. Yeah, and their additions, you know, not really great. I mean, you had Matt Thomas, this random guy, Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson comes over. So does um, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Yeah, campaign, not you know prominent names here that I. We'll see if campaign even makes the team. Yeah, campaign. The last I saw of campaign, he was. Dropping thirty points for Dallas. I believe campaign was well. Campaign was well discussed in one of the very early episodes of this show. Yeah, and he's high draft pick too. Yeah, if I recall. Uh, yeah, right at the end of the lottery by Oklahoma City, and then he was involved in the um, the trade with the Bulls. He was traded. I'm trying to. Th- I got to think up the trade, but okay. it'll come. To, it'll come to me. I'll pull it up here. Thanks, man. Uh, trade. Yeah, I just. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't see how the Raptors kind of recover from uh, Anthony Morrow. Taj Gibson. This is the trade I'm thinking. Dougie of. McDermott. Yeah. Andre Robertson. Whoa. Oh, but he didn't go end up going. Um, yeah, I just don't think Toronto really sur- climbs that mountain again without a leader in Kawhi. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe another uh, 24, 25 years go by. Well, yeah. And in the end, you got a championship. I thought it was interesting. Um, Stephen A. Oh, yeah. I don't listen to Stephen A. often, but Stephen A. today made a comment um, that he thought maybe Masai should have taken the Washington Wizards job. Yeah, that was crazy. And I thought I got thinking about it. I'm like, that's kind of interesting. He's like, they're like, you know, he could have he could have jumped ship and gone to the Wizards mm-hmm. and tried to rebuild that team instead of staying in Toronto for a team that's now kind of stuck in this kind of weird limbo with. Some big contracts and no star players, so yeah, we'll see. I I still think they'll they'll be a playoff team, but um, could be could be a little difficult to uh, yeah to well, they're definitely not going to be a title contender. No, might not even have home court in the first round. Yeah, uh, tell me some of your letdown teams. Uh, I mentioned Phoenix already. Uh, the Raptors definitely one of them for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I for me those are kind of the two that really stick out, and you you already said the T Wolves. The T yeah. Wolves was another one of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of these teams that just really can't seem to get out of the bottom. Um, I don't know if this is a fair one, but I think I think people that really know the NBA know that Brooklyn's not going to be unbelievable. Yeah, they do, right? Yeah, Bro- Brooklyn's so. not going to be as amazing as people think, at least this year. At least this year, yeah. Um, you know, until we get. Until Kevin Durant gets back in, I, I think you watch out. I don't think Brooklyn's going to be super good. They'll be a playoff team, but uh, yeah, I'm not expecting too much. I think they'll be fun to watch. I, I think will, they will. Be I will say that. But of all things that Kyrie is, he is a fun basketball player to watch. Yeah, you can't deny that. Yeah. Um, okay, just let's, let's, let's hit some rookies. Yeah, let's wrap up with some rookies here. Yeah. Um, so a survey went out 
on NBA.com as it usually does this time of year. Is this the GM survey? One? Yeah, by yeah. Jo- by John Schumann. I don't know if it's GM or player. Oh, I thought it was a GM. Anyways, sorry, John, John Schumann wrote it, sorry. and it and people in the league. Maybe it's the GMs or, but they said who's going to win Rookie of the Year. So number one, Zion. I think that's a you know popular take across the board. Thirty five percent. John Morant to at two twenty seven percent. RJ Barrett from the Knicks five percent, and Cam Reddish from the Hawks, who we mentioned five percent. So, for the record, okay, guess the last time that this survey was right. Hmm, last time. LeBron. No. Kevin Durant. Oh, that was going to be my next guess. Kevin Durant, 2007. That was the last time that this prediction was right. Last year, Colin Sexton and DeAndre Ayton were tied. Colin Sexton was a pick. Yes. Okay, I guess figuring he's going to get a lot of minutes. Yeah, anyways. That didn't go well. So, for me, you know, this isn't a predictions pod. We won't get too much into it. But there's just a this rookie class was weird to me. There's a lot of big question marks. There's a lot of sleepers. There's a lot of you know we just don't know what what these guys are like. Um, a lot of guys mm-hmm. that have you know played in only in a couple college games. Think of guys like uh, Bull Bull, even Nasir Little, like one of my sleeper rookies on Portland. Um, just a lot. Yeah, they haven't had a ton of exposure. And for me, I don't put a lot of weight into these you know into scouting and into prospecting these young players to me once they come into the nba that's kind of when i put my you start know, watching them yeah put my lenses on and, and watch them and then i'll decide kind of what i think of them even with zion i don't i don't put too much weight into you know the highlight dunks and stuff like that once he steps onto the nba floor and if he can impact the, the pelicans then uh yeah I'll, I'll, I'll do some predictions then you give him a look i'll give him a look i'm just an nba guy that's fair. I'm just an NBA guy. I I don't know college basketball that well. I'll say it. It is tough to watch. Yeah, yeah, and it's there's a lot going on, man. Bajillion teams and yeah. Anyways, but yeah, so that, I thought that was interesting. I know you like Cam Reddish a lot. Yeah, I do. I for me, he's the forgotten Duke guy. Yeah, right, right. Historically, the forgotten Duke guy has been kind of like a sneaky spot to be. Um, so that's kind of why I like him. Six eight. Uh, one of my notes says, "Looks like a man." <laughs> Because yeah. he's 6'8", 210 pounds. Like, yeah. well, you know, when you think about the guys we've seen come out of college, uh, an extreme example is to be Jonathan Isaac. Oh, gosh. You know, just like... You yeah. were very high on Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, you know, 6'11", like 190. Like, yeah, and I just think... Just real thin. If, if I recall from an early pod, you said he has the... If you could make a player in the lab to have a perfect NBA yeah. body and skill set, it would be Jonathan I believe Isaac. he did. Yeah. Well, he basically... I think the perfect player in the lab is Kevin Durant. Right, but, but Jonathan Isaac's Isaac, not that far from the, that and that's, frame. And neither is Brandon Ingram, right? They, no. they they modeled out very similar to Kevin Durant, but there is only one Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, so I, Reddish is a little different than that, right? Yeah. He's a little bit shorter. He's 6'8". He's 210. Mm-hmm. He looks like a man. Shot the ball pretty decent from three in college. Not bad, 35%. And I love his fit at this team, playing down in Atlanta with Collins, with Trey Young, not going to be expected to be this superstar right from day one. He doesn't have to come in and be a super, be a leader, right? He's playing with a an exciting point guard in Trey Young, and he's playing with a 20-10 and 10 big man in John, John Collins. Collins. I think he fits in perfectly with yeah. this team. Got Vince Carter kind of bringing the young men- man along. Mentoring you as well, which is, which must be nice. No, I think, I think, I think he, like, I'm not sure I would pick him to win rookie of the year. Yeah, I, and that was going to be my next question. Out of these four guys, is one of them win rookie of the year for you? Um, I would say if I had to pick right now, I would pick uh, I would pick Morant. 
Yeah, that's my pick too. Yeah. I don't know why I I just like him a lot. I like I like any guy who who play makes, and I think there was another section of the survey that said who's the best playmaker, and it was Moran. Yeah. Um. I I also love R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. I just was kind of sad to see him go to the Knicks, but I think R.J. Barrett's a stud. Yeah. I think people stud. forgot about him because he played beside Zion all last year. He was the projected number one pick at the beginning of the season. I think he's going to have a great NBA career. Yeah, that's right. Um, going let's kind of wrap up too. Some more sure. like younger talent. You know, you, you, we mentioned Team USA, a couple guys. Tatum, you mentioned him having a breakout year. What about your thoughts on Brandon Ingram? You you kind of just mentioned him in passing there. Do you think he's going to have a good year with the Pelicans? Where's his story going to going to go next? I sure hope so. Um, I don't know though. I, I'm very. That's a team that's going to be interesting to watch and maybe we'll talk about them a little more on another pod uh i just don't really know what to expect mm-hmm. um yeah it's a tough I, I don't i don't know if i don't think ingram will ever be a star in the nba yeah but i think he can be a very serviceable starter i think that one of the most interesting rosters in the nba is the Pelicans. it is certainly it is very very interesting a lot of shooting uh, a lot of good ball movement and passing really just don't know what they're gonna do with their rim protectors and defense. Like, yeah. my goodness. I look at the... They have Jackson Hayes, who r- rookie, no idea. Julia Okafor. Oh, boy. And that's kind of your two centers. That I, you're, I know too much. You said you don't know anything about the other guy. I don't. I know too much about Julia Okafor. Yeah. I'm excited about that. <laughs> yes, another high pick. Um, but, what? okay. Pelicans aside, what do you think of Larry Markkinen on the Bulls? I'm just kind of going through the last, you know. You know, I was very, I didn't like, I wasn't very excited about him when he got drafted, but he impressed me quite a bit in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of injuries last year. Yeah, and last year, last year would have been his second year, maybe a little bit of a lost year, but I expect him to come back and continue to be a start, an NBA solid NBA starter. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I like Bulls, him a lot. Bulls will be an interesting team this year. Definitely, I like the Bulls a lot. I like their roster. Um, last guy we could talk about briefly, Donovan Mitchell. My, Ooh, I think different I'm, tier than those guys you talked about a minute ago. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, and my, yeah, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I'll I'll say it. I think before Donovan Mitchell's career is over, he'll be an MVP in the NBA. NBA. Hmm. You know, if I was betting, man, I don't know if I bet on it. Right. But I don't think it's too far off, Nate. Yeah. I, and we talked about Team USA. I think when I look at the when I look at the Team USA roster personally. He's the guy that sticks out as like, it's gonna be a month into the NBA season. We're gonna be like, holy smokes, Donovan Mitchell is an animal. Yeah, right. I, mean, I think he's gonna get a lot of confidence playing on that Team USA team. There's not many guys that are above him on the, you know, on the on kind of the totem pole right. on that team. Like I know they've been talking about Kemba being kind of the leader of the team. He's kind of the older of the guys, right, and kind yeah. of that leadership role. But Mitchell's gonna get his shots and get his opportunities, and. uh yeah, I think it's going to do worlds for his game. Yeah, and he's in a perfect position in Utah. Another totally. really interesting team, and I think they're going to be really strong uh, with you know depth at every position. Uh, maybe not so much at the point right now. Now that I think about it, but they got a lot of good, uh, a lot of good pieces, and I think he's just he's he's a player. He's he he's a hell of a player. He's got a lot of drive. Uh, defensively, he's all over the place, and his offense is coming along. His, you know, pull-up three, his, you know, work shots off the dribble, I think, are are coming along as well. And, uh, j- yeah, just intrigued with those guys, uh, as well as the rookies we talked about. Uh, anything else you want to 
hit on before we wrap up? No, I think that's it. It was a fun show. We kept it we kept it to a decent amount of time for the people and uh yeah, I hope yeah. people enjoy it. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. We will be back soon hopefully with some new content. Uh, as I said, the uh the man Paul Curtis will hopefully mm. be on the show soon. Uh he was going to join us tonight, but he couldn't with a uh, playoff prediction and uh we'll talk to you guys then.